Hello everyone, welcome to Conversations and Coffee Podcast. Today I'm in Ernesto's coffee shop here in Ratmoyens. Jonathan, thanks so much for having me. You're very welcome. Coffee and a little bit of conversation. Um, Jonathan, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself and maybe give a bit of a backstory with how we ended up here in Ratmoyens, how we ended up creating a coffee shop that's so well known um, all across Dublin, probably because of your connections all across the capital through your swims and all the kind of networking you do that brings people from all over the city mm-hmm. to here. For example, how I heard about it. I didn't hear about it through a friend saying, pop down there for a coffee. I heard about it through a friend recommending your Instagram to me okay. and how much positive kind of content you put out you put a picture up in the morning of yourself finishing a swim with some beautiful people that have just went to experience the same thing mm-hmm. but yet your captions are always great because what happened with me was i'd be waking up in the morning and you'd already have the swim done <laughs> and you'd be saying go see is the day you know go go grab it and and you know enjoy it it's beautiful um you know and you'd be kind of saying things that we need to hear like things that we don't really hear enough yeah. um and i'd only be waking up experiencing this so i'd love people to get to know you a little bit better through this podcast Um the questions i'd like to really work on would be growing up moving abroad you know having kids and then bringing that kind of story back as we've spoke off camera to creating ernesto's coffee shop because it's going to be probably a lot of people saying why ernesto's and is that his name or you know so I'd love to find out kind of like even back to when growing up and where you were from and stuff. Okay, well, originally I grew up in Bald Bridge. They were like tenement buildings when I was growing up there, but I was born in a house there in the same house where the poet Patrick Havenley lived above us there. 62 Pembroke Road, there's a plaque on the wall there. And uh, I had four brothers growing up, you know, we had a good childhood. Um, I went through a traumatic situation when I was very young in school that sort of spoiled me into an addictive situation and uh i was sort of living you know riding along by the you know, white knuckling life for a good while until i took sort of found various tools to help me uh, you know identify with myself and the way i am as a person and sea swimming for sure has definitely been one of those things Um in relation to the cafe the cafe uh my wife and i set up this cafe in 2015 with my son Aaron and my other son Connor and my daughter Lily. Um, We've been to Cuba for many years since 1999-2000 where we set up this thing over there bringing musical instruments over to children and we knew many many people over there called Ernesto and uh, plus it was the name of Ernesto Che Guevara so when we came back here and uh, we were here in 2015 we set this up this cafe and um yeah that's where the name comes from everyone mm-hmm. sometimes thinks it's my name but it's definitely not i did before i got to kind of <coughs> uh, before i kind of had tuned into your instagram more mm. obviously i got to learn your name then but at the beginning mm. i did think that was your name because so many coffee shops tend to put their own name into it and tend to kind of go for that that route but this is more authentic like when you come in there is so many pictures of Che Guevara so mm-hmm. it starts to make a bit more sense for maybe the random person that's coming in thinking yeah. all right so he isn't Ernesto it's more aimed at Che Guevara but b- 
before you went to Cuba, did you have some sort of an interest in Che Guevara? Were you passionate about his work and stuff? Or was it only when you got to Cuba that it really clicked with you that, you know, this is what I want to call it? Well, I'd always have, say, a socialist mindset where I was always aware of uh, a lot of people having so much and the majority of people having nothing, you know? And I suppose Che Guevara was a man who taught those things through to the latter. But you must remember, the, the, the thinkings of him at that time is the late 50s, very early 60s, you know? The mindset for all that stuff is very, very different. Now, and I just want to emphasise this, is that if you want anything in life, it's my belief that you need to sit down constructively across the table and negotiate things, you know? The way to go about socialist activity isn't through being, say, violent or militant in any way. It would be definitely about applying yourself in a way that's amicable to everybody, you know? But I wa- always was attracted to Che Guevara, to the way he behaved as, as a young man, you know? And even in the latter years, like, we met his daughter. in, in she, She's a paediatrician in the William Solar Hospital in Havana. And she said to me that her ho- her father never even took gifts when he was the minister. He was the minister in the bank there of finance, and he never took gifts. He always he lived a very very simple life, you know. So I suppose it's the adage of "do as I do, not as I say." Are you not really a materialistic guy either yourself, or what's your views on that? Like even with him not taking those gifts, it was clearly that he didn't value materialistic items. He more valued the people. So are you kind of like that in a sense? You'd rather connection and actual physical interactions as opposed to someone giving you a gift and then having that 100% um, you know I always say to people that on the last day of someone's life if we're to be given the chance to look back and evaluate there's nobody would want more notes in our bank account it's how we treated other people you know and it's really like good I, like I always say to people it's the um the magpie grabs all the shiny things and he puts them all into the nest and then he realises he can't sit in the damn thing himself. You know, I think the world can be very like that, you know. And maybe, maybe we can take something from this whole coronavirus thing that's going on, maybe to be a little more aware of one another, to be a little more mindful of one another and to realise that in fact what we sow, we reap, you know. Mm-hmm. And and if we're looking to gather, 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 and plunder our way through lives, we're reaping nothing. We're just raping the world of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I find you're hitting the nail on the head there so many ways. Like, because it was actually one of my questions was like, what we'll take from this? And yeah. you being a business owner, and you know, I suppose working in a community where there's mm. so many people coming in and out, and working in town or on their travels on their bike their bus yeah um, their car stopping in here and getting their morning coffee fix and heading off for their day mm-hmm. well that's all been knocked on the head now and i suppose your business will take a, a hit from that too and and alongside every other business all local businesses that are you know having to close their doors and not allow people to come in and do what they would usually do on the weekend grab a scone and a cup of tea or a coffee and just connect so like as a business owner how tough is that mentally and obviously you know on the business itself how hard is that well i suppose i mean i'm at an age ross where i've seen two recessions you know uh various governments and power and things like that in ireland and 
a lot of hard times coupled with good times, you know. And I, I think as a small business, you got to be able to reevaluate, re reinvent yourself, and to grow within the environment around us, you know. Um, I remember I met I read years ago it was a quote by Abraham Lincoln, and he, it was after the Civil War in America, and he said that he said the dogmas of the past is over, and we need to find new solutions to new to new problems, you know. This is one of these, you know. Mm-hmm. This is new to us. It's new to the whole world, you know. And we do have to find new solutions, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I think a smaller business within an identity, within its community, will have a better chance. I do believe that. I do too. Yeah. Because we're not spread so thin across a country or countries, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just a smaller entity. Say like in France where a lot of the businesses will be smaller and localised. It would be quite like that. I think we'd have a better chance. I do believe that, you know. And if the f- if the business owner is in situ, he definitely would have a better chance. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, especially with appreciation, like would be gained from this. Like people would appreciate the world better. Even driving to come here to to shoot this podcast, I was walking down the road and I seen this couple going up the road, holding hands and walking yeah. up, right? But they were pointing up at something and s- and just like so happy. And I looked and they were actually pointing up at some like a, like a tree with like blossoms on it and it was just like they were just actually soaking in nature mm. they were looking up at it and they were like wow look how amazing that is mm. so i looked and then i went to myself if that had been six months ago now i'm not saying that they wouldn't have still done it but if that had been six months ago they mm. most likely would have been in a hurry somewhere yeah right en route to somewhere right we're, we're going to a yeah. destination head on the phone or distracted by something else their mind would have been elsewhere how free our minds have become through this time that we're able to go on walks in parks we're able to go out and exercise more there's people out running doing laps of their blocks that never run there's people doing home workouts that never do home workouts there's people baking there's people doing arts and crafts at home taking up music i think these are things that people probably wouldn't have done because they were caught up in the chaos of life and i think you're a good example of that in terms of your life as a, as a business in this area hasn't really been affected so much because you're accepting what's going on preparing for what's to come but yet you seem still very kind of grounded mm. you know it is what it is it's all going around around us mm. everybody's being affected by it in a different way i can become depressed i can become anxious i can become stressed or i can just allow it be Allow Mother Nature do its thing. The world will come back to normal. Mm-hmm. I think everyone needs to kind of do that. Rather than stressing and worrying and sticking your head in the news every 50 minutes and wondering how many more people have died or who's dying all across the world, that's out of our power. Mm-hmm. What's in our power is taking up these new activities, these new hobbies, connecting with our families, working on us. Well, uh, I mean, y- you hit the nail on the head. Like The whole world has been, was just been engulfed in chaos, you know? And we set up here we were coming to a period of time where we'd been say 15 years doing catering within the independent news and media group the INM and um, we were just being swallowed up nothing personal against anybody in there just a big company like that we've just been swallowed up losing any shape or form of identity that we believed we had you know and 
my wife could see a change in my attitude in the latter years we were in there, the way I was coming home, slightly aggravated and agitated. You, you don't quite see it when you're right in the tick in the eye of the storm, you know, you don't. And uh, once I made the decision to pull away from there and set up here, we wanted to pull away from that five years ago, uh, to set up a small cafe, a small place where we would have our own identity, you know. And uh, just to, to take a step back, really, you know. Uh, again, not pursuing materialistic things. Where Things where we could have a cafe within a community, but to be part of that community and to contribute to the community. You know, and I've said it many times, It's I believe it's the obligation of any small business that if you have a business in a community, it's your obligation to contribute to that. You know, because people, I suppose, look up to you to a degree. You know, and and it's very very important that you make a contribution to that, um, and a lot of the people in here would have been leaning into that way of thinking. Like if we have stuff on here, for instance, if we had a gig on, or something like that, and we we raised some pennies to give away to us, uh, an entity, say, be it the Capuchin Day Centre, the Sore Foundation, or Rise, or any of those that we've contributed over the years, all the businesses in this street lean into it with us and help us out in funding and staging those things you know so like i said it, it, it's 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 in this community you make your own community you know and it's like if all the businesses come together we're just like this massive big patchwork quilt at the end of the day you know it's just and and bigger companies right they can give more than us sure but they they can't give what we can give and what we can give it from our heart is real, you know. Mm-hmm. They can't give that. It's not just signing a check as such. No. It's more so. It's coming from. It's coming from realness. It's coming from compassion and and love. But other people see that as well, you know. Like my and for me, the biggest responsibility I have, Ross, is that my kids see that. That they see, it's 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 the old adage: do as I do, not as I say. Do you know? Mm. It's a huge life lesson for them. Obviously, getting to see what you're doing, like you're very you're very involved with the community, and and that's not just rat minds because the coffee shop is here. You're very involved with people all across Dublin. Mm-hmm. Like you'd have some of the the gab players in, you know, and I'm sure that's just because you massively have a passion for the gab. But you don't need to invite, you know, the new up and coming lads that are, are in and putting them on your social media page and you know some other public figures or whoever they may be but what you're really shown there to people is that i've created something here and they may live all the way over there or yeah. they may be uh not actually directly in rap minds all the time but like this is what it's all about we reach out to each other we connect with each other pop over and that's what i love about this coffee shop is when you walk by it like there's a sense of like character to it it's like you know you're always kind of looking and saying i've never seen that picture before but yet you think you've seen every picture you think you've seen every kind of thing on the wall or you know souvenir but you haven't and that's that's kind of the intriguing part of it and then there's also a kind of an element to you too which i'm loving about this podcast is that you can probably give it all away but yet i'll still probably never really fully know you because you seem to kind of you have this interesting um interesting kind of personality the beard is one of the things from when i see it you know the beard is just it's like godlike it's like it's like something from from greek uh mythology or something but it's very definitely catches your eye immediately but 
what I'd like to kind of do is change the direction of the podcast just back for a second just how important what you said when you opened it and you don't have to speak on it if you don't feel comfortable but when you said something happened in your younger years mm. and the the road of addiction like I'd, I'd be mm. love I'd love to know how you bounced out of that I don't need to know the ins and outs of it exactly mm. but kind of like what that was like for you growing up yeah no Ross, I've no issue with that at all because it's it's been my belief over the last say maybe 15 going on 20 years that if we could help somebody else by showing them the road we took, then I would feel obliged to do that, you know. Um, when I was 11, I took an awful beating from a teacher in school and uh, it spoiled me into an addictive state, you know. And I was 11, 12, and I started drinking in school, mental, you know. And by the time I went into secondary school, I was drinking most every day in school, you know. And... Uh, Drinking but like what? Like what was your go-to? Oh, beer and everything, you know? Everything. Oh, you're not reeking of it? Ah, uh, it, it just... Didn't I care? Said, I, yeah, like I, you'd, I'd bring in a can of tea with me. Like for, for a child to do that mm. back then, mm. like in the early 70s, bananas. Mm. And by the time I was 14, I got expelled from school. So, um, now to get expelled from school in the 70s, what's like getting expelled from school now? You'd really have to do something, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, we were out on a school trip and like, everybody just in a state from, from bear and the bus got torn back and we got expelled. And I just plundered along with my life, you know? And I I wouldn't want to get naming and shaming anyone or anything like that, but... I went and I got help with this about a little over 20 years ago. Now, there's various ways you can get help, you know, for any addiction, any addiction. You can go to a 12-step program, you know, or you can get their spiritual help, there's holistic help, there's all sorts of help, you know. And um, I, I I, got my own help, you know, and uh, I, I, I never look back, you know. I put all the work in. I left no stone unturned. It was very, very difficult for me to come out of that addictive state, you know. But but a man said to me, he said, if you get your best crockery, he said, and your best tea and your best cakes, and you put them outside your door and you ask 100 people going by, does anyone want to stop here and have a good look at themselves? He said, you won't get any takers. He said, you won't. But he said, if you do it, he said, for yourself, he said, you free yourself in the bondage of the past, of all that stuff that troubled you as a kid growing up, of all the stuff that you drank on, that you took tablets on and all of that, you know? So I did, you know? And uh, I never looked back. I love how you say, though, you don't mind sharing. It's not about sharing just for people to understand you better on your journey. You're sharing it for, like, the fact that we've all been here, we've all been there. Everybody's journey's been different. Everyone's pathway's been different. But it's so brave to actually say it because you're not saying it because I've asked or anything. You're saying it because it could possibly help somebody else out there. Like when I was growing up in school, there were some kids that kind of just hid in the background and probably were never really at the front and were quiet. Mm. But like now I hear stories about them and they're like, you know, they're doing X, Y and Z or they might have been in prison. And you're saying like they were the quiet ones. But yeah, what were they going through at home? And yeah what personal experience would they have? And they probably never expressed themselves. They probably never spoke about what they were actually experiencing at home. And school was probably like a, an escape for them. And then when they left school, they probably had nothing else to go to from the home. So they probably chose alcohol, drugs, or whatever it is. So I think the fact that you're talking about it in a way where like 
there's somebody out there now that's probably going through something they're probably only at they're getting caught by addiction or they're probably just trying to come out of addiction that's very brave um, and I respect that a lot because you could have just said to me quite blank you know no I'd rather not speak about it but I like that I like the fact that you went into it but not just to share the story to kind of nearly say look I was here but like what's right around me right now my two beautiful kids and my wife and what we've created is far more important than that bus turning around and getting expelled from school I mean that really means nothing now when you think of it it actually means nothing it means a lot to get you to where you are now because it moulded you and probably it was a make or break situation yeah well no I suppose like the things that happened to me in the past I'd look back on them and I there's this like euphemism where you'd look back at the past but I wouldn't stare back at it you know mm-hmm. and I'd look at things that happened to me in the past and I, I, I would try and learn from those experiences try and accentuate the positivity from lessons I've learned in those situations but to desist from things that possibly got me into that situation mm-hmm. I mean like I was 11 years old and my daughter was 12 but I took a beating from a teacher in school that you, you'd be locked up for it if you did it to somebody now, you know. So I drank on the angst of that and I was anaesthetised in my emotional state. But when you're a kid, y- y- you don't know that. At, at that time, you, you're drinking and you're thinking, I feel better now. You know, I, I can forget about your man now. And all of these things, you, you don't know what's going on to you, with you, because you're a kid, you know. But the fact that I... I I got help by people who went down that road also and said, listen, listen, there's help here available. If you ask, if you try and tease out what's wrong with you, try and tease out what's making you unhappy, what's making you do the things you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know. And once I, I suppose, had the foresight and the courage to ask for help, and there's help available for everybody. And that's why so many people in this day and age, in my opinion, are so... Uh, desperate they're, they're, they're full of fear they're full of angst you know as if they're being consumed by entities outside of themselves they're sometimes they don't want to ask for help you know but when you ask for help you're pushing that door open you know and that can give you help you know um, always try and ask someone for help there's always someone there who can help you I always find like it's so true what you're saying like you over you can overthink a situation or something that's coming up or something in the past but like overthink 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 and stress and worry it's never ever as bad as the outcome that actually happens no it, you know also oh, i think it's going to go down this way i'm going it's going to happen this way or it could actually happen this way and this could be bad and i could mess this up and da 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 but like when it actually comes to the experience it's never as bad as what you imagine in your head and i always kind of compare it like you're your own worst enemy sure your self-talk is huge how you converse with yourself internally can actually create the output and the exterior of what you experience mm-hmm. and that's what i wanted to ask you like you went you got help okay that was amazing and then obviously that was the new direction for yourself right so you're, you're looking back at that then that's a glance back at that you're not staring back at it just a quick look and let's move forward what tools did you use like i know you said sea swimming is obviously huge and it still is it's a big part of your not just your day it's it's clearly a big part of your um your life sure what other tools would you recommend that that have helped and maybe you still practice or maybe you don't anymore well there's many like i said uh, ross there's many many ways people can get help you know there's 12-step programs for people you know 
just holistic things they can do. People, some people find yoga and mindfulness and all of these things. It's my belief that everyone finds their own way, and what's for one necessarily isn't for others. But there's a huge amount of things you can do. So, I do a bit of twelve-step work. You know, I, I I I do a bit of mindfulness. You know, I I I, I do. What's really beneficial to me is I do a gratitude list of the things I'm grateful for. The small things, a warm bed, you know, loving family, you know, that I have a place to go to and work. I used to have this horrendous fear of the postman coming because it was what he was going to bring, you know, uh, bills, mountain, all of these things. And where I'm not minted, I don't have a fear of those things today, you know. And like you said, our mind's eye perception can be way worse than the actual reality mm-hmm. of what we perceive to be wrong with us, you know. Um, but yeah, the, the, I, I have a lot of good friends. We go on walks together, people we swim with together. Um, we'll be all like-minded people, you know. And we would all tap into one another, you know, and feed off one another's energy, you know. It's like, um, I always say the sea swim is a bit like the insurance in the car. <laughs> You may never need it, but it's great to have it. <laughs> it is, it is, and it's it's like it's a great way of putting it. But it's it's like it's like those things in life which I'm finding very very interesting. The older I get, we're drawn to things that cost a lot of money, and sure. we're drawn to things that are like materialistic. And you know, we want to go into Brown Thomas. We've just got maybe we got paid, and we got a bonus at Christmas, and we'll go into Brown Thomas, and we'll buy this item of clothing that's far too expensive um, <laughs> don't need it but we have it and it gives us that fills that void it's like oh you know I feel happy that I bought that and you know I worked hard for this and this and that right we buy that car you know and y- you know y- you do all these things that you think is going to fill this gap and make you happier and it's you know it's like when you do you, you buy something in the shop or you do online shopping and it gives you that quick high all the endorphins are released and you know I can't wait to get something new and that just wears down you buy the new car and six months later that new scent goes and you want the next new car and there's always a new one. You buy the new iPhone and a year later there's another new one. And what I'm trying to say with this is the sea, the parks, the bike, you know, your pair of runners that you use going jogging, they're always there, just sitting there, you know, like the sea keeps on moving, the tide comes in, it goes out, the parks are there and it's all free. Yeah. It's all free and what it gives you back is far greater than any materialistic thing jumping in that water and getting that initial rush like what i found by going out and swimming with the lads from the happy pair and Greystones, i got in once and i got this feeling that i've never experienced in my life right <laughs> i went back the next time and i said ah, i'm kind of used to it now i sure it'd be grand i got in it was it was again even heightened even more and every single time i got in it never once got boring it never mm. once got normal it never once felt like uh, this is you know, this is not really doing anything for me. Every single time I got in, I got the same reaction, if not an even better one. And that was just like activating something in my body that nothing else can. Mm-hmm. The cold water, it, you know, all the different chemical reactions that are happening in your body from jumping in that mm-hmm. water. What it activates, how good it is for your cardiovascular health, how good it is for pumping the blood around your body. You know more than I do. There's so much to it. And it's free. Mm. But it's not free. It costs you to get into the car or get the bus or get on the Lewis or get on the Dart and go out to it. That's what it costs you. It costs you that time to do that. But as soon as you get out there, it's free. Mm-hmm. 
and we don't use it enough and i think covid 19 is teaching us a lot that the brown thomases are closed and the online shopping is delayed you're not getting next day delivery anymore and you can't just go in and buy all those things you probably would have because the world is on hold at the moment mm. and it makes you reevaluate what you have sure makes you reevaluate what you really want mm-hmm. and then you learn actually that isn't really making me happy it's not well, I think there's a huge... I mean, you're talking about you asked a question and you're talking about answered it, really, you know? I probably did. I shouldn't have done that. I kind of was just speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that. No, I just started well, speaking my me, me heart. So I think you sort of posed the question about the things we pursue to be happy, you know? Yeah. Well, our mind's perception of happiness, they're, they're all passing, you know? We pursue things and it's momentary. But there's a huge difference between what we deem to be happy and contentment. And contentment is when you feel well in all conditions, you know. When things are going your way, things may not be going your way. Situations may suit you, they may not suit you. But you still feel okay with that. And an inner contentment, I believe, only comes from knowing yourself truly, you know. By tapping into what is your own conscious contact with your own character really you know and uh, very well put seeing seeing swimming in the sea for sure gives me a lot of that because I started swimming in the sea when my mother passed away 10 11 years ago and I was getting these pains across my chest and this this young woman she was a small stature said to me, Johnny, you look you look a bit tired there. Yeah, all right. And I said, my mother's after passing away. She was aware of that. Yeah, she said, no, I, I was aware of that. That was back in January. But this was in the middle of April. And she said to me, have you tried sea swim? Do you have sea swim? Yeah, he said, yeah. With the kids, I said, in August or July or something like that when the weather's good, you know. No, she goes, all the time. I said, are you mental? That was what I said to her. But she said, you're telling me that you feel stressed you feel your pains in your chest why don't you give it a go and she explained to me about the endorphin level rising in the body and the serotonin that gives us this feeling of good feeling or like a like, like a natural high that our body feels the cardiovascular system yeah your, your skin being better all of these things and uh i said look at the minute I, i'd have tried anything anything and uh I went out and I dived in to Sea Point. That was about three or four days later. I thought I was going to have a cardiac arrest. I really did. And there was a man there standing on the side, and I got a bit of emotion. And he said, "I told him what happened to me." And he he said, "Okay, okay." He said, "I'm in a relatively similar situation a good while ago." He said, "Just walk back in, step your body in, breathe in deeply, slowly, slowly out, in deeply and slowly, slowly out." Because he said, "All you can do moment, all you can, when you breathe, all you can do is think about that." So you know momentarily it works for sure. But it's tapping into it and tapping into it deeper and deeper, you know. So uh, I got more into it as, as time went by. And uh, I became to love it really, you know. It's, it's definitely definitely a part of my makeup now, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's kind of what I would associate you with, with most. Obviously the coffee shop, but then secondly I'd probably put you in line with, with the sea swimming crew. Mm. I think it's beautiful how it connects people as well. How strange that like the sea is there, it never moves, it, it never goes anywhere. Like it comes in and out. But all these people come to it. Yeah. So like, you live here, I live there, she lives there. But yet we all come to this point, whether it's Sea Point, whether it's the 40 foot, whether it's Greystones. 
and then we we all connect get in get what we can from it everybody experienced something different someone can get in for like you look at like neil was doing the uh freesbury yeah i think his goal was to do 29 minutes in the thing i remember <laughs> I, I, I was out there I think what happened was with Neil, he, I think I'd overheard someone saying it could actually be dangerous to do 29 minutes because the temperatures were, were really low at the time. Like, although he probably In wanted to. In the last to, week, yeah. I'm not too, I'm not, don't want to speak uh, mm. out of, out of uh, Marima here, but I just heard somebody saying like it mightn't actually be the best thing to do, although he probably wanted to finish the goal, but it just got so cold that it actually might have been a dangerous thing to do more so, you know, mm-hmm. but point i'm trying to make is like i got in and i think the first time i got in i got in for a minute second time was like three minutes then i done five minutes i don't think i ever done longer than five minutes but like i was looking at like neil and those guys and they were just sitting and just sitting and just riding the waves but then i looked at their face and there's me like you know there was pictures of me where i was like you know it looked like someone had just uh, electrocuted me (laughs) and i looked at them and they were so calm but the problem with me was i got in and i was (laughs) really feeling it not controlling my breathing at all yeah not focusing on the moment not focusing on how i can actually compose myself in the water enjoy it and then get out mm-hmm. all i was thinking was i need to get out and i looked at them and all they were doing was controlling their breathing you know they were just enjoying every bit of it and then they got out and then we all went up to the happy pair we had our coffee we had our breakfast our bowl of porridge and everything and everybody was on the same level everyone's mind was clear you could have had an issue at home. You could have been stressed with something in work. You could be working on this project. You could have been let go from work, a relationship problem. But in that moment when we all got out of the sea and went up and had that hot coffee and that breakfast, everybody was just clear. Heaven. You know? It was heaven. And and I'd done it for a while. I'd done it for about five, six weeks. And I ended up recording a podcast with the guys in the happy pair and had a great chat with them. And then I stopped going for the simple fact that it just became earlier. That's the honest answer I can give. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not a reason that people thought you know i was doing it, i was doing it, and then i i didn't stay disciplined it was that the sunrise obviously when i was going it was half seven in the morning it was at one point it was 10 past eight and then that slowly crept down to the six and yeah you know it's going to get lower than six it'll be you know sometimes 20 past five in the morning mm. i won't be able to make that because of my hours and work so like we spoke about <coughs> sometimes the evening might have to work better so i did miss that and i still do miss it but yeah it's what it does for me and it's what it does for everybody and i admire that about you that a man of your age that just shows like age doesn't matter doesn't matter what health you're in what physical condition you're in what mental state you're in the sea is there with its arms wide open and saying come on in do you know what i mean yeah well, i mean i'm 58 this year but there's people swimming out there they're near 80 mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and you probably you'll be one of them I hope so. I'd say you'll be one of them. <laughs> I'd say you would. I'd say you would. And and the thing is, like, you look at some of the people that are getting in at that at that age. I've seen one woman. I went out. Had a funny story. I was doing some work with a with a a, a company, and the director of the company had asked me to do a lot of social media work from. So I was giving him a hand doing some videography work and that, and running his Instagram. And he said to me, like, you know, you, you should come out and and swim with us. And I was this before, way before the happy pair. Like this would be like your experience when you were told to go out and you say are they mad are you off your head like going out swimming at that hour or why would you i only associate swimming with the sea when it was summertime and mm. you get an ice cream after mm. um so anyway he says come on out so i said um right fair enough so he said the whole iron man team are going out we're doing an 11k swim and then we come back in they have a wetsuit and everything on they have the boy they have the whole lot and then we'll do our practice newton get in film us and then get in yourself so i was like grand so uh he says uh, we go about half four 
And I was like, perfect. I finished work at four. He says, no, half four in the morning. And I said, uh, <laughs> right, okay, this had to change and everything completely. I said, I thought you meant in the evening. He says, I oh, know, in the morning. So he picked me up and we went out and I done it. And I went to work that day with more energy than I've ever went. Although I was up three hours earlier than I probably usually would. <laughs> I hadn't had a breakfast. I hadn't had a coffee. But it was what the sea done. So you slept well. I did, actually. <laughs> I did. But well, it's a beautiful yeah. thing. And, and I, I do think um, I do think your Instagram especially promotes the sea. It promotes what it does for you. And it doesn't just... It's not just something you use and come back to your coffee shop and then all your social media is just what's in here in these four walls you also like to share how you're benefiting outside of here and what the sea is doing for you and i, I love people that are listening to be like you know what i've always been afraid to get in or i've always kind of been afraid of the sea or i was never really one to want to get in around tons of people it's not like that and, and i genuinely can speak from my own experience that everybody that's there is like supporting one another they just want to see everybody th- I, I personally think they just want to see everybody's face after it mm-hmm. That's what I thought anyway. I got the vibe like when I came out, everyone was like, well, and I was like, oh, I was amazing. And they were like, yes, you know, this is what we wanted to hear. So that's really what I wanted to say about the sea swimming thing. And, and it's it's a huge tool. And I'm glad you brought it up because I haven't spoke to somebody on the podcast about it before. Yeah. Um, I, I've i never gone to the sea, Ross, and not enjoyed, no matter what form I was in going the there. Great show. But our, our Instagram, our Instagram is largely though it does involve the business as well mm-hmm. but it's largely there to promote well-being amongst people mm. and to show people like you know that we are in control of our day you know that we can look at the flowers we can look at the rain you can choose what you want to look at beautiful it's your decision but the sea swim would definitely be an integral part of it. but i'd be lost with it to be honest with you it's a good reset and if i'm getting the balance at home my mrs caroline would say to me Get your gear there. Come on, <laughs> come on. Get out of here. <laughs> I'll see you. In, I'll see you in an hour. Um, before yeah. we finish, not that you can tell the future, not that I can tell the future, or anybody <coughs> can. But what's your thoughts, or what's your beliefs that the world will be like after this virus? We're all over. We've found a vaccine, and life can resume to, f- you know, what is normal. We won't even go into that. But what people believe to be normal shops opening back up we can all go out and have meals and drink in a pub together and have a pint of guinness and come back in here and have a nice coffee go out and have our sea swims what way do you see the world as in people's approach to it do you think it'll be different or do you think it'll just go back to the way it was it's a great question i don't really know uh ross i don't really know i'd like to think and i've been thinking about stuff like that over the last couple of weeks for sure because when we were looking at say the start to the middle coming to the end of March and now we're at the end of April and we're really now further away in fact if anything we're nearly deeper in and I was looking at like you said people out looking at trees and noticing things that they wouldn't normally notice even I go walking with my daughter with the dogs every night you know we spend hours walking around the blocks near our home and we're looking at gardens and evaluating gardens and wonder what the people are like in the houses that made them gardens. That's amazing. And all them things, you know. Um, That's amazing. I think this is, I, it's more what I hope than what I think the world will be like. I hope that we learn from this because I think if we haven't learned from what's gone on here, uh, we've failed miserably as a human race. 
I think if we don't learn that the most important thing is our health, the most important thing in the world is the time you're with a person in that moment, you know, those things, you know, to be live in the moment because we don't know when it's going to be pulled from us, mm -hmm. you know. And I think if we can't learn at a time when there's people, thousands of people dead all over the world, it's an indictment to us as a human race. I really believe that. Very well, Paul. Very well, Paul. Jonathan. Cheers, Ross. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Um, when life resumes to what we will all believe normal is, I don't know what that will be. Um, I would like to invite everybody to just come to the coffee shop and experience um, an Ernesto special. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's really it. Just wanted to finish on that. Just wanted to say thank you for your time during this crisis. Obviously, um, we have conducted ourselves through social distancing. We haven't got too close in any uh, circumstance at all. Um, but most importantly, we connected, we vibed, and we had a good chat. And I got the understand Jonathan a little bit better and maybe you can get out for a swim just sometime and then follow back here for a coffee hopefully soon thank you so much thanks Ross coffee and a little bit of conversation